This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com. That's B-A-R-E boatalaska.com and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, pretty excited today to talk about closing on the house. So the um, house that is built that we have been living in actually for uh, about two weeks. I'm not sure if we've been squatting in our own house or what that's what's that called when you're living in the house uh, before it closes. But since we built it, figure it wasn't going to be a, a problem. Uh, but signed today, uh, officially closing on it, which is pretty sweet, pretty exciting. Um, and I was just kind of re- recalling uh, the journey and a couple of things that were pretty uh, important um, <clears throat> that we that we did when we were bur- building first was uh, having a trusted builder, someone that really was able to look at things um, and we could talk to through the entire process. So there was ways that he could maybe save us some money or there's a choice between this and this. Uh, so being really, really involved ended up saving us a ton of money. Um, in Southeast Alaska, building is really complex because you have to get the the materials up here. And so you're looking at ten to $15,000 in shipping. Um, and if you don't plan things right, if you have, you know, you're ordering stuff as you need it, then you're going to be paying, you know, for three or four, you know, five containers uh, that are half full. And so our builder did a great job. Uh, his name's Rob Buckingham, Buckingham Builders, Ketchikan, Alaska. Um, did a great job of, of planning ahead to make sure that uh, the, the containers were stuffed. And so we weren't losing um, money or wasting money um, by having to make more, more orders than we should. It ended up being kind of a hassle to move stuff around, but it was way better to have a hassle uh, to shift stuff around and wait till we needed it than it would be to spend all that money on, on more shipping, um, especially because housing costs or prices of, uh, for materials uh, we're going up 10 to 15%, in some cases 20%. So all that stuff was going up. So uh, Rob being really available to us and helping us through that stuff was really important. Um, and then looking at at different ways that we could help out uh, and that the builder was okay with. Uh, we were on site and we were doing some uh, insulation. Um, we were there to clean up afterwards. Uh, so if the electrician is in or the plumber is in, um, sometimes those, those subcontractors spend the last little bit of the day cleaning up. And so if you say, Hey, just work till you're done and then we'll clean up afterwards that, you know, saves a couple hours, um, throughout the, the project. And so, you know, if, uh, if people are billing at a hundred, 150 bucks an hour, you know, that stuff starts to add up. If you just keep adding and adding stuff and adding stuff and adding stuff, you know, before you know it, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks here over the course of 11 months or however long, yeah, about 11 months it took us to build this, you know, that, that stinking adds up. That's a couple, uh, that's ten, fifteen thousand $15,000, you know, here and there. So um, it was pretty, pretty cool to be involved in it too and making the decisions and uh, painting the trim and doing the, all those other things. Stuff in the insulation in the attic was just horrible. Um, but you know, those are the types of things that you do to, to save some money and you, you feel like you have better ownership of the house. You know, it wasn't just, you know, here's the money you, uh, you build it and we'll just check up every once in a while. Being involved has been, has been pretty fun. So we definitely have some, uh, just a different level of ownership, I guess, uh, with this house. Um, 
than uh, somebody, or had we just paid someone to just take care of it, then we'll move in when it's ready. So uh, I think one of the biggest things that I'm, or three, three things that I'm most excited about was uh, one, the hardwood floors are just awesome. Uh, we were going to go with um, a vinyl plank and Rob was able to, because flooring is his, his thing. That's a, that's a, that's his deal. Uh, when he was living in, in Montana, he was doing some floors and some of those really massive homes in the Livingston and Bozeman area. So he's done some beautiful floors and has an extensive portfolio. Um, so when he was able to get a hold of some Southern Oak, um, and it was about the same price. So we figured, yeah, absolutely go with it. Hardwood floors, you know, there's going to be a different Creek in it. Um, but shoot, we don't care about Creeks here and there, but, uh, um, there's, there's couple different grades of it which we learned grade one is a very consistent not free um, oak and so it's a very uniform color uh, grade two tends to have more blemishes color variation and then um, uh, knot holes but uh, this stuff was very very light on knots it was mostly just color disc um, color um, variation and it ends up being just beautiful. I love the color variation look. It looks like there's some boards in here that are repurposed or that they're it's just so much character and I absolutely love it. Um, I know uh, wood floors are kind of out of style and maybe that's why uh, the, they were so cheap or whatever this batch was. If, if you know people were looking more for that grade one uniform color, but man, this is so beautiful. Love it. Um, looking at it and you know, some of the grains kind of look like topographical maps or, or you look like, oh, okay, there, this is the saddle. This is where, you know, the deer would be, or you look at another spot and like, oh, this is, if you're, if you're scouting some sort of uh, place to fish out in the ocean, you're looking for those pinnacles that, uh, that uh, halibut are going to hang around. You're like, oh, this, this would be the pinnacle that I'd fish. And it's kind of fun just to look at the character and the difference of it. And uh, it's just so unique and so, uh, so different. So really excited about that. Another thing was uh, going with a quartz countertop rather than uh, formica. We were going to go kind of cheap um, just because we wanted to make sure that we were under budget. Um, we wanted to stay disciplined to the budget because you start adding stuff here and there. And then all of a sudden, you know, again, $500 here, $1,000 here over every little thing that you have to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, $20,000, dollars $40,000. Um, and that might come back on the, um, you know, when you get your appraisal back, but you, know, you don't want to be house poor. That's uh, everything is in the house, and your payment is so expensive that you can't do anything else except for live in the house that you bought, and you can't do any sort of life. And so we were we were pretty careful about stuff like that. But um, as things were going along, and we we're being really tight with the budget, we decided to uh, to upgrade um, and get uh, get some quartz countertops, which is just beautiful. I'm so glad we didn't have to go with uh, Formica. That was one of the upgrades we had in our brains uh, or our minds throughout the whole thing. Was thinking, hey man, if we if we've got the money, if it's if we're in a good position, let's get let's upgrade the countertops because it's something you use a lot and it's something that's noticeable. Um, and that was the thing that Rob was talking to us. There's it's your house, do whatever the heck you want, but there are certain things that after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. 
They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint. You know, you could upgrade and it's going to be noticeable and usable, something that you're going to really appreciate every day and having those better countertops was definitely uh pretty excited for that so um and then definitely helped out on their appraisal too so two of the things on the on the appraisal uh, that we came back we you know with the hardwood floors uh, that are just beautiful the the southern oak and then in addition to that the uh the countertops was just uh that was massive and i think those are good selling points and um so our appraisal was was really nice it came up uh um you know much more than we uh, spent on the house we have built-in equity which is pretty nice and it's not i don't think that's super uncommon here in southeast alaska uh, it is unique that we have those challenges about building materials and shipping them up here. But uh, based on what the market is, um, you know, you don't have a saturated market. You don't have a whole bunch of other th- stuff that's uh, that's on the market that are about the same price point. And so, if you can have a, a smaller house, it's a three bedroom, two and a half bath, um, but just under two thousand square feet uh, of living space, to be able to have nice wood floors and then have those countertops uh, really helped out with the uh, with the appraisal on the way back. Um, and then the third thing is, a is a carport and it's a super high carport. So we could put a boat, uh, bat, uh on the side of the house. Um, if we end up getting a, a larger boat, we're looking at getting a back in the game with the skiff, uh, here pretty soon. Um, an 18 foot Lund SSV is what we're looking at with a console buying something new. You get, uh, there's a lot of boats for sale around here and there, man, there's some, old Lunds, you know, I saw one, I think it was from, from 86 and it looked pretty good, but man, those things, that's like kids around here in the sweet 16, they're asking for skiffs, you know, not necessarily cars, especially on Prince of Wales. Like that was the big thing growing up. A lot of kids, they wanted skiffs cause you can do just so much more with it. There's not a whole lot of places to drive around for fun or cruise. So either a truck to get you go hunting or um, a skiff so you could go out and set crab pots and fish. Um, but just the wear and tear on the rivets, you know, that something that was built in the, in the eighties or even nineties or even early two thousands, you know, it's been up on rocks. It's been beached. It's been just abused. And so those rivets uh, tend to leak. Um, so buying new is going to give us a nice peace of mind and really excited to get that, get back in the game. Like I said, and, uh, it'll be the third boat in the last like six years. I think that I had, had a, had a 15 foot Boston whaler, which is nice. The fiberglass is super nice. Because heavy, you you feel pretty attached to the waves, um, but pretty small. Didn't have a lot of freeboard space on the back, so you know we get in some of those areas where you're hitting the waves. Uh, you have to angle into them a little bit, so you're not hitting them uh, broadside. But uh, the peace of mind that came when we upgraded from uh, from that to a 21 foot uh, North River Seahawk was just great, and that thing was 
so much fun to go trolling for salmon and having the covered top was just an absolute game changer. And you know how much I, I hate the term game changer. But having a boat with a top up here was just, ugh, you can't beat it. Because even if you even if it's not rainy, you're still dealing with the wind when you're going fast. And so if you're heading out for steelhead or you're heading out to check the shrimp pots in the in the winter or the, the early spring, um, it's just going to be cold. So be able to put the little buddy heater on and, and cruise that's pretty nice. So uh, we will miss that. But with this 18-foot um, Lund, it's like 500 pounds, something like that. So it's going to be an easy haul, um, easy drop in and out uh, at the launch. And then, you know, you can get into a lot of those little areas, nooks and crannies and whatnot. So we have a couple of friends that have some larger boats. And so for the longer expeditions, we'll be able to hang out with them. Um, then just save save a good amount of money. You know, when you're looking at a boat investment, you can spend $115,000, $130,000 on just a beautiful um, you know, 23, 24-foot um, Hughes Craft. Actually, I think probably a 22-foot Ocean Pro Hughes Craft for um, $115,000 is about what you're going to get, you know. So never mind. If you're looking at a at a, at a, a charter boat, 26, 28-footer, that thing's going to be 200 grand. That's just just way out. So that's, that's like a house, man. You're, 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 you're buying half of a, of a large home or a decent sized home with that. So, um, we're going to be happy with the, uh, with the ability to still travel and, uh, have fun and do a whole bunch of stuff, uh, but still have a skiff and then have a nice home to, to come home to. We're, uh, being very strategic about that, not being house poor or boat poor. Um, some of my buddies are fortunate enough to be able to have really nice house and nice charter boats. And that kind of comes with having a summer job and working really hard during the summer. My buddy Rick, he guides during the summer. And so he's got just a brute of a boat, just a beautiful, beautiful boat. Uh, he works his face off for it. So he's a teacher during the year. And then during the summer, he just works his face off. And so he's able to afford those things and have those, have those nice toys. But again, that's a, that's a hard working, uh, as a result of hard work. So I've always cherished my summers as a teacher and really, really wanted to play during the summer and have that time off and come back super, super rejuvenated uh, and ready for the school year, which, you know, all those cliche things about making a difference, that's, you know, that's why you teach. So uh, really excited for the for the prospects. Um, glad things have worked out the way they have, and it's just a testament to, you know, getting financial house in order. Man, when I, when I first started off teaching, I felt like I was entitled uh, to have a, a fun weekend and, and summer life. So I just spent a lot of money that I didn't have and I wasn't, I wasn't saving, but, uh, being able to, to be debt free and be able to be in a position to, to put down money, to build a house and to be able to make those decisions and not be at the mercy of previous bad spending is just, oh man, that's so nice. So, so nice. And, um, this is a house that we're happy to be in. We're not looking to try to leverage uh, the equity in this to, to try to move up, trade up. Like we're excited for this opportunity and get the boat and just look for other experiences we can have and travel throughout the state of Alaska and, you know, go France or Crete or something like that. Really excited for, for all the things that we can do. Maybe a uh, bone fishing in Belize or something, you know, so uh, really excited for that. I would, uh, would have liked to have this not be a solo podcast, but uh, wife is down in Oregon on a work trip, and then the input on my stinking cell phone does not work. So I cannot charge it. I got to use one of those disc things where you just set the phone on the disc because 
we live in a disposable uh, world right now. $300 disposable phone that just as soon as you get to about seven months, the self-destruct mechanism is engaged. And so this stinking thing is going to be irrelevant. And the only way they can make it, well, outside of chargers, uh, but they just make so much money by making the phone uh, not last very long, two or three years. And then, uh, then it's over. So I, uh, that short story long, I now can't hook up my phone to, um, my zoom pod track P four, uh, as an input. So because I can't get my cell phone to input because the input, uh, little area does not work. I can't record self or I can't record podcasts at a remote unless I were to be using zoom and not everybody has zoom. So, um, it's been kind of a, kind of a pain. So I, I, my, the phone works otherwise. So it pisses me off that it works, but I don't have that input. And so it's going to limit me with my, my podcasting abilities. I like zoom, but it's nice to not have to use zoom. And some, like I said, some people don't um, want to use zoom. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, my computer is doing fine. Hope I don't jinx it, but it's about five years old. And so shoot, it's about time for Something to go wrong with it, right? Because uh, disposable culture, just make trashy things because it doesn't do any good to have something that lasts a long time because you can't, uh, you're not going to buy new products if, uh, if it lasts forever. You just buy the one truck and if you run it for 30 years, you're missing out on the chance to buy two more during that time. Um, that also said with gear, I mean, you know, a lot of people are, are posting films and such, uh, such this time of year. And when you see someone who is wearing a pair of pants that are like broken in, you think, okay, this person likes those pants. If you see a hunting video and everybody's wearing brand new stuff, so, well, this is a, this is a sponsor thing. They just got the brand new stuff in the mail. So who, who, who knows that really does not, I know it's fine for some people. Some people love, Oh, look at the new jacket. It's an unreleased jacket or something like that. It does a lot more for me when I see someone who has worn the pants for a long time. That tells me, A, that this person likes hunting in those pants. It's not that they were just free pants or this hoodie is a free hoodie that they have to wear because it's a sponsor. They like this hoodie. They like these pants. So that says way more when you have stuff that's uh, that's totally broken in. Um, so I look for those sort of things. Same thing with hats, man. Like you, if, if you're wearing a brand new hat, that just is not broken in. I, man, it just you do whatever you want. I mean, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. But yeah, there's a lot of telling things and little things that stick out to me as I'm watching the uh, the newest crop of films um, that have been uh, been released. I haven't watched the uh, Elk 101 yet. Those uh, does tend to be a pretty good. One. The Destination Elk, I, I like those, uh, but I haven't watched any so far this year. Um, watch the uh, Nate Endicott's. Uh, Blacktail deer, the over-the-counter archery in, in Oregon. And <laughs> shoot, man, that's an awesome one. It's about 14 minutes long, but just a great film. Uh, some unbelievable footage, just some, some great stuff. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what season it is. It's uh, it's steelhead season. It's uh, closing on house season. It's um, getting ready for spring bear season. It's uh, keep editing my book season. You know, still on, on track for a release in um, in May. So pre-orders should be available at the beginning of April and looking at hammering down a couple uh, um, release parties, hopefully uh, here in Ketchikan and then also in Anchorage. My wife and I will be up there in uh, an early uh, part of the month. So uh, look out for, for dates for, uh, for a uh, more of a release party than a book signing. 
I'm not the sit at a table and sign books is fine, but I kind of want to just be able to mingle and chat and talk and be comfortable rather than just kind of sitting there and, you know, look longingly at people as they walk by. So we'll see how that all works. But uh, thanks again for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you next week.